What a good joke. That was a yeah. good joke, yeah. Jacob. Dude, come on. I told was, you to be natural before we started this and like, come in like on a that laughter was so, note. That was so funny. Oh, that was hilarious, Jesus, dude. You're so man. embarrassing. I can't even. Uh, like, There's guys, nothing I can script with you that you makes me. You are so lucky to be here with him and his jokes. I wish you could have heard it. I hit record too late. That's my bad. That uh, What a roller coaster. That and I could was. tell it again, but it, it, it was would a... be even worse because Kyle's such a bad co-host for this podcast. I could be natural during the joke. I could act like I'm hearing it for the first time. Um. Okay. Well, now I have to pull up the Google page that I had <laughs> to quote the joke in. The 15-minute story build up. <laughs> Uh, I'll save you guys the trouble. Um, in case you forgot where you were and you ha- and you're having amnesia for like the first eleven seconds of this podcast, welcome back to Milk and Screams. Welcome back, um, guys. We're so excited to be here. Uh, even though I was just telling a joke to Kyle, and that was the main focus of that little bit there. We're we're just so stoked. We are, but elephant in the room uh, for for the stands of the podcast that know. That we come out on Sundays. This isn't coming out on Sunday. Probably not. I mean, we could probably get it done. We could probably we could get it out late Sunday, but it's not up on early Sunday. It's okay. So if you were looking for it on your morning Sunday drive, we didn't die. No, yeah, we're here. <laughs> it uh, yeah, elephant in the room. That's what happened. We uh, my school was kind of crazy last week, and then Friday we didn't record. We watched the finale of Wandavision. Had some friends over, cooked some good din din. Saturday, I was gone all day. I went and saw Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Uh, I so. stayed home and slept for half the day and worked the other half. So, yeah, it was a pretty crazy week, so we just kind of decided to take a Sunday and yep. do it. Instead. Double Disney day, but speaking of, we watched the WandaVision finale, yes. like we said. Uh, I, I mean, we could talk about it without spoilers. Um, We could. That'd Which, be no fun, though. I mean, it'd probably be preferable. It's literally <laughs> two days since it's come out. I'm sure people have watched it, but... Uh, it good. It WandaVision good. <laughs> very good. I a satisfying ending. I'll say. Yes, I am very satisfied with the ending. Again, without spoilers, I'll say they didn't try to fit too much into the finale. You know, yeah. they they did they did what I thought was good for the show, in terms of just keeping it what it was and mm-hmm. not adding too much outside content in the final episode there has been this uh conversation going around with uh, some marvel fans that i've kind of you know towed the line with that i i kind of curious i want to ask you what you think about it because there are some people who are on one side who say i don't prefer the movies to have connective tissue with every other movie or series you know this case is series right um for those for, for those reasons people don't like Iron Man 3, right? Iron Man 3 is like its own standalone thing. There's no like connection to it, it doesn't really matter. It's like just fun. And there are other people on the other side of the line who are like I the movies to me are important because they have connective tissue with everything else. It's a continuous story. So like for that reason they prefer the Captain America trilogy which is of the trilogies we have so far the only real one. It's, like that's the best one for sure. It's the best one, and it ha- and it ha- it's the actual completed story. Like it's it like with Thor, like it's first of all it's, it's Thor's trilogy, but it the stories kind of j- are intermingled and don't really make sense. They're not really connected. Iron Man's kind of the same way. It's like you know you go through Tony's weapon arc, but it's it's not a big completing arc. With Captain America, it definitely is. So where do you kind of fall? Because I've kind of had to ask myself this question, like. I, of course, I love the standalone, you know, movies that don't have any, you know, great consequences and the ones that are just kind of fun. But in, in other ways, I like the ones that connect. You know what I mean? Right. 
Um, I mean, it depends because, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm a fan of, especially when it comes to Marvel, I'm a fan of everything connecting. Yeah. And that's kind of, especially since Avengers, that's kind of been the point of Marvel at this point is for everything to connect in some way or another. Mm -hmm. So in terms of Marvel, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I don't really know in what other instance I would or would not be a fan of, but Marvel is really the only franchise that I'm kind of looking for those connections throughout yeah. the movies. I think that, I mean, that's going to be some people's advice with WandaVision is them, you know, kind of making it more of a standalone, enjoyable thing for everyone to watch. Of course, there are connections to other things. Like, you have different characters from other movies coming in, and I, I honestly like that uh, aspect of it. But I also like that it, it's not, hopefully, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, going to have some long-lasting effects like the Avengers movie. Like, if they don't stop talking about the test rack, they would talk about the test rack for 10 years. <laughs> like, I'm over it. Um, they even brought in the Captain Marvel where he's just like, okay, I get it. Tesseract is cool. Like, <laughs> leave it alone. Um, and I mean, WandaVision, for the most part, is standalone. But again, with this finale, there are going to be some ramifications outside of mm -hmm. the TV show yeah. itself in at least two separate instances. Yep. Um, so, but that's, ex it just ex excites me because we've had a Marvel drought over the last year because of the virus. So, it's just so refreshing to get because because of that they've actually like I, I suppose had some time to go over and fine tune some of their stuff like that they were still editing so hopefully that's good they've had some time to do some extra writing I'm mm -hmm. assuming they probably have done that too they're not they're not the kind of studio to just go okay well we're gonna take a break you know I mean they probably have some really good stuff in the works yeah um so that's exciting and uh, apparently Raya was pretty good as well Raya was good I really liked it um. I'm sure, I mean, depending on who you are, after seeing, because you know how movies, the very first trailer that happens is like 10 seconds. It's just like, here's the movie. Yeah. And with Raya, I saw it. I was like, oh, this looks sick. And then trailers came out where they went more in depth. And then it showed the dragon. And I was like, man, that thing looks weird. And then it started talking. And I was like, I really didn't think this dragon was going to talk in this movie. And now it's Aquafina. So I don't really know how excited I am. But it was good. Yeah, a lot of people's issue with the dragon, and I, I was as far as I was concerned, like my main issue was the Elsa face syndrome that every right. Disney character has now. Like with these, like if you put Elsa and the dragon side by side, they literally look the same. And when I saw the first trailer for Raya, I was like, okay, Raya actually looks different. They're actually taking the animation in a different direction, and it's more natural. The lighting looks cool. Yeah, they look I, great. I, I liked it. It was very interesting. And then the dragon, I was like, dude, they could make, they could make the dragon, you know, more, more, uh, cool. And like, you know, well, I mean, in terms of, cool, but just like, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, in terms of the dragon's design itself, they're of course trying to stick more with what the Southeast Asian version of a dragon is because, mm. you know, the different, the different cultures, the way that dragons are portrayed in their fantasy and their cultural lore their designs are different as you go between regions. In Southeast Asia, it, this is set in Cambodia, mm -hmm. um, Southeast Asian dragons are sort of in that regard as opposed to our big-winged fire-breathing. Theirs are more a little bit skinnier, graceful, don't have like the, the beast nature that we associate with right. it. So like design-wise, obviously, especially as an American, it looked weird for me as a dragon, but I just really didn't expect it to talk. Like the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, this is going to be this, you know, a good, like hard hitting, really seriously toned movie, which it is. Um, 
uh, but it's got, you know, it's got the comedy bits that Disney has, which I wasn't really expecting until I saw later trailers where Aquafina started talking about whatever she was in the trailers. I forget. I haven't seen the movie, but another peppy I've seen people talk about is the modern speak that happens in these types of movies that are pure fantasy or like, ba- like based off of mythology. Um, it happens in Moana too, which is another highly praised Disney movie, but where like the characters talk about like Twitter or they like bring up things that are like modern day and like make jokes about it. Some people that's their really big pet peeve. Like they wish they was just kind of like just stay, you know, in the time period. Cause it, it, yeah, I mean, I didn't notice that. Um, I've never seen that happen in Moana or this movie. Oh, uh, Moana in Moana, Maui makes a joke specifically about tweeting. Like he he writes he he takes the uh, the chicken. Hey hey, is that the name? Yeah. And like writes something on like autographs her uh, her oar and then says something about tweeting. Uh, and then I don't I don't know the joke in the riot of a movie, but he said that there was this reviewer that I watched uh, said there was quite a few jokes that were just like that that just take you out of the time period and it makes it you know like it I feel like the writers when they have a problem doing actual comedy they just write things about the modern day that people are like, right. oh I know that joke because I yeah you know I don't know for movies like that where they have a specific time period in place and setting that rely on that. To make the movie, it doesn't make sense to me why you would have right. a joke like that. Make the make do actual comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that, that you know rely on the characters and their emotions and their and their for lack of a better word character to make jokes and make things funny. Yeah, there were there or was don't some, have jokes. There was some comedy in the movie that was really good. I I, I laughed really? at quite a few instances, and there were you know there were some comedy bits that just kind of fell flat for me because there there were a couple lines that I was like, this is definitely this line specifically is gonna hit children only. So there were a couple of those lines, but the com- like the the comedy and the kind of demeanor of around some of the comedy, um, I thought was really endearing. I was also just obviously I love musicals, but I was I really liked that there's a Disney princess movie without the musical aspect of it. Yep, I'm I'm I was a big fan. Yeah, big fan. People um. People were saying that too. I mean, like, the last time that happened was Brave, and that was Pixar. That was Pixar. Yeah, it wasn't Disney. This is like one of the probably one of the first ones. I think. Um, th- I mean, there's there's probably something else that I'm forgetting right now. But in terms of like the main Disney princesses or like the main movies, this is the first one. Yeah, I I might be forgetting something too, but the, it's a it's a bit of a departure. And I, like I said, I, I don't think I've said this on here, but I told you, this movie to me was not advertised at all. Anything Disney or anything that. Disney covers like Marvel or Pixar. I get ads. I don't have ads on YouTube like at all. I have YouTube Red, uh, but on Twitter, any social media that I go on, even YouTube, I will find ads for the for a Disney movie of any kind, like Marvel, like I said, Marvel or Pixar or anything. I have not received one. I had to search for an ad for Raya. <laughs> like I got, I got a million of them. Yeah, I got them constantly. I don't know what it was, but it, it's in the fact that it also released on Disney Plus and in theaters the week. That WandaVision was ending, it just like made it seem like Disney didn't want people to see this movie. I don't know. Like they could have wait till next week when there's nothing on Disney Plus big that's going on. Like I don't know why they couldn't do that. That would make perfect sense to me. Right. Um, I'm sure there's something behind the scenes that they know that we don't. But I got nothing. But uh, so that's the the main world updates. Uh, Kyle brought something up to me that I w- that I was kind of excited to talk about because it's not something I think about often because. Um, because of reasons, but I'll get into. But this is part of kind of why uh, I have a conspiracy, a very, very light, light 
you know, floaty conspiracy that I think we talked about on the podcast before. I think we briefly mentioned it when we were doing conspiracy theories. And yeah. I think I mentioned it about you. Yeah, that, that I, you know, that I am the only living being on this earth, that I'm in the Matrix. And the rest of us are robots sent from the government to just be around you, I guess. I don't really yeah. know what the fleshed out conclusion of your theory is. It's just that we're here and you're the only one with flesh. Sometimes sometimes I just think this world can't exist. There's no way to exist this way. I don't know how that is possible. Like something's happened to me that seems so out out of, out of this world that I'm just like, there's no way. And this is one of them. This thing that you brought up, injuries, our own personal weird injuries. This specifically does not make sense to me. I should have a million broken bones by now. Me too. Uh, but I'm going to let you lead off with it because you brought this up to me. So I want you to kind of. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah, we're just going to talk about specifically the dumb ways we've been injured. Mm -hmm. I have been injured many many times especially throughout sports none of which were like dumb injuries like i've i've gotten a good dislocation in all of my digits mostly um digits but some of my dumb ones i've got three really dumb ones one of them being very recent so i guess i'll lead off with that one yeah go ahead so right before we moved here to gainesville um it was matter of fact it was two days before we left to come down here. We moved in August 15th and Oh yeah, it was, no, it was the morning of August 14th. So when I'm back home, I stay in a room with my younger brother and there's a bunk bed in there and I was sitting on the top bunk. That's, that's where I was staying the entire time. Cause quarantine had happened. I was there for months. So we were finally going to be leaving and August 14th, I woke up and my legs were numb and that happens to me. Sometimes I'll wake up and my legs will just be numb. For whatever reason, I don't typically think much of it. Um, so, yeah, I I wake up, legs numb. I don't really care. And I swing my legs over the side of the bed and I jump out of bed because, you know, top bunk, I just jump down. And my legs were the state of numb where you can't do anything with them. And like your, your, like your muscles don't respond to what your brain is telling them to do. They're just kind of in that starred frizzy mode that muscles tend to be in when they're like numb. TV static. It kind of feels like TV static. And so I jumped down and my legs just crumpled beneath me and cause I couldn't do anything. And that had happened to me a couple months prior also during quarantine, but I just kind of fallen and I sat there for a couple of minutes and I was like, that was weird. And I got up, but this time I jumped down and did the same thing. Legs crumpled, but my left foot just was screaming at me. And I about screamed when I landed too, but my younger brother was still sleeping. This was like seven fifteen in the morning. Mm. So I wasn't screaming. I was, so I'm on the ground for like 10 minutes doing my best not to scream and wake him up, just doing this number. So I wasn't screaming. Oh, you know, that number. You that, know number. That, you what know number that? Uh, the, the, the number. What number is that? The musical number, the musical number. Okay. And all right, <laughs> I literally, I don't think that was a hundred percent necessary. Like uh, 10, 15 minutes <laughs> of that happening. No, I'm serious. I, I, cause 10 I'm, minutes? I'm almost positive that I broke something in the top of my foot. Cause mm. like it's, it still hurts now. Yeah. If does. I, if I pivot a certain way or if I land a certain way at a, like, it'll be in that exact spot, not to where it like hurts a lot anymore, but where I can definitely tell that there's still something not a hundred percent healed up there. And my mom, however long ago, had broken a bone on the top of her foot um, and had a lot of the similar pains and swelling that I was having. That's why I'm pretty sure I broke one of those small bones on the top of my foot. Uh, but I don't go to doctors, that kind of thing. 
One day. That's money I'm not going to spend for them to tell me, eh, it's broken. When I already knew that. One day, you're going to be sitting on the porch many years from now with your spouse and your little young one running outside. And you're going to be like, all right, I'll, I'll get up and play with them. And you'll get up and you'll walk out into the yard with your loafers and your khakis on, your belt snuggling around your waist. It's like a Monday afternoon. It's like the beautifulest day outside. And you're going to be like playing frisbee with him. And you throw frisbee back and forth. And he's going to launch it up in the air. And you're going to be like, oh, I can get that. And you run up. Your wife's watching. And you go, oh, oh, wee. And you're going to have to explain to your wife, oh, yeah, uh, on moving day, August 14th, I jumped out of bed. And it's been – and. Uh, my foot broke, but I refused for like 12 years to get to go to the doctor and get a proper cast and get it fixed. I'm not going to the doctor for this. In another <laughs> two months, I literally won't feel it ever again. That's what you said two months? That's what you said six months ago. Yeah, and at this point, I literally haven't felt it in about two months. So I haven't had any problems with it so far. Why are you flexing at me? You're like, so, so what, Jacob? I shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> You're just intimidated by stupid things, I think. I, I am really intimidated by stupid things. I, I have not tra- not trauma, but it's just like if you raise your hand at me, I'm <laughs> I think also, especially just as we live across the apartment, just randomly, I'll just kind of smack you or just well, yeah. punch you. And so sometimes I'll like I'll just go to the kitchen drawer to like grab a fork or something like 20 seconds after having punched you or something and you'll flinch while i'm going for the drawer i'm like i'm just getting a fork i promise well, i had no intention of hitting you me and both my sisters hannah and emily well i guess not hannah that much but emily especially we both are like that for some reason <laughs> like we always think they're gonna someone's gonna hit us and like i don't know it's just part of our personality or whatever um so okay so that that, that that's I'll save some of these other ones. I got like two other dumb ways I've been injured, but I need to hear more about why you think this is a simulation robot thing because of injuries. So, okay. I have never broken a bone ever. Not one. And I think there should have been plenty of times where I've fallen from great heights, where I've done silly things that should have at least resulted in one or two broken bones in my lifetime i don't I, I don't typically play it safe especially when i'm in the moment like if i think about hey go climb a tree and jump out of it i'm like oh that's dangerous i wouldn't do that but if people are around me and i'm like just high off of the uh, the adrenaline of just being in a group of people i'll do anything like it does not matter i will do anything for like laughs or for just the, the bit in general um so i've jumped out of trees plenty of times and from like three stories high, like 30 feet at least, mm-hmm. and not had any significant injuries. Um, but then one time when I was like nine years old, I was jogging to the bus stop. I, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. My vertebrae in my neck dislocated while I was running, <laughs> just jogging briskly. This happens to some people who are growing, like they just, they're just growing, and their neck just cricks, and they they. There's nothing they could do except go to a chiropractor and get it to get it adjusted because it just there's an air pocket or something. But I remember just jogging, thinking nothing, and then click. And I was like, ah, my neck. I, I could not like focus. Like my I thought I just broke my neck. I literally couldn't move my neck. And like I was having a bunch of breathing, so I was freaking out. And I, I literally was like late for the bus. So I had to, <laughs> I had to go to school. I was at school the whole day. I was like 
like in so much pain the whole entire day. I couldn't focus at all. Um, and I came home. We were just about to do uh, play at church. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, how am I going to sit on stage and like, while I'm in so much pain, they like, my grandmothers were both in town because of the play. So they were like, home remedies. And they like, my one thing my grandma did. Oh, no, this is her remedy for like ear aches. But she takes a bunch of coarse ground salt and puts it in a sock. Or like heats, oh, sorry, she heats the uh, salt on a griddle. Like a really, like gets, gets it nice and hot. And then she pours it in a sock and ties the sock into a knot. And then she puts it on the ear. So what it does is it kind of just absorbs the moisture right. out of your ear. And it works. Um, so what I tried to do, uh, one time when I had an earache, this is off topic. I just got to say that because it's in my mind now. The sock got cold. And I still had the earache. Like, oh, I'll just put the sock in the microwave. <laughs> and the sock on a fire. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Uh, it was just funny, but anyways, I went to eventually. Um, I went to a chiropractor because what was happening essentially was they were applying cold, cold compresses to my back and then warm heat. And essentially, because my um, because my spine was so jacked up from the dislocation, my spine just kept on twisting. So like it was kind of like out of uh, cattywampus. But it was just twisting. So, it, long story short, the chiropractor did like some electric therapy thing. I don't remember, but I, it, the chiropractor was literally right next door to the church that we were doing the play at. So it couldn't have been more happenstance than that. So we got it fixed, and I was still kind of stiff, but on stage I was totally fine. My mom said the same thing happened to her. Like she was brushing her teeth in the morning one time, and she flipped her hair up, and click, like her her neck kind of just snapped, and she remembered the, the feeling. Um. It's probably like one of the most painful things I've ever had to endure as a human, like that instance, right? So aside from that, I've never had any major injuries, but I've done, like I said, done stupid things. Um, up north, we were doing like some crazy up north redneck crap. We were had a snow tube that was tied to an ATV, and the, the way my aunt's houses line up, there's three houses next, right next to each other. That's my aunt, my grandmother in the middle, and then my other aunt. So... All that property is ours, and it's a big stretch of property. So we were riding the ATV around the yards all the way around uh, while the t- with one cousin was driving, the other cousins were sitting in the tube. So, you know, we lean into it to make it go, like, drift and stuff like that. And I was, you know, being dumb, and I, like, I, I, I leaned back all the way into the uh, inner tube. So the inner tube was facing up, and I was laying back, like, the, like all the way back. And I looked up, and he was swinging it really fast. And I crushed my my aunt's mailbox. I, sorry, I was weird throat thing. Yeah. Um. I crushed my aunt's mailbox, like flattened it, and the 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 mailbox had a straight up like thick wooden beam in the center of it, like most mailboxes do. Right. And I completely floored, like like crushed it, and like didn't even make a dent. <laughs> didn't make a dent into my body at all. It hurt, obviously, but I didn't break a bone. Didn't crush my collarbone. Anything like that. Um, what's another? I mean, I got, I've already talked about this story. I got ran over, right? You know that that was kind of a dumb injury. But my elbow that was ran over didn't break at all. It was just kind of got some road rash and stuff like that. I'll say this: I, a lot of what you're talking about is honestly just explaining so many people's childhood experience. <laughs> Not everybody's, but a lot of people's where they did a lot of stupid things and never had sustained serious injuries. Because that was my childhood as well. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't understand why. 
I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm kind of being tongue in cheek about the you know conspiracy thing. Obviously, I don't believe everyone's a robot, but it's just like yeah, yeah you do. Like seventy percent, you do. <laughs> I'd say like thirty percent of the time, I believe that. All right, that's definitely but, dropped over the years, then. <laughs> but this is like a you know a substantiated part of it. Like, why have I not been like hospitalized because of my injuries, because of my dumb things that I do? Maybe I should just try and break a bone one time. Like, just really try. I could break your bone right now. <laughs> it would take two seconds. I can break a bone. Right? I can break a bone. Give me a hammer on your foot, and we'll break quite I a mean, few. I mean, yeah, obviously if I did that. But then, like, what if it's real? Then I just wasted my time. And money. <laughs> and money, yeah. And because we, also, we know it's going to be a waste, Jacob, because you are real and boneful. <laughs> oh, I'm real. That's and right. the rest of us are boneful as well. <laughs> so if I, I take a hammer to someone who's boneful... So you're gonna be less boneful, yeah, and then or more boneful technically, because your bone will be multiple bones at that point. And then I'll go to jail, so I probably shouldn't do that. I don't think you're gonna go to jail. No, if I hit somebody else. Oh well, I'm gonna be hitting boneful. you. Well, I'm saying if I am with consent as well. I'm, so I'm, I'm not going to jail. I'm convinced I'm boneful, but my bones aren't breaking for some reason. There's a reason they want my body preserved. So hit yourself. I could, right? Or to convince myself that other people are not boneful, I could hit them. But you know people who have broken their bones. <laughs> broken their bones, duh. Like in quotes. You, you, you've seen people with bones sticking out of their body. I mean, yeah, on the internet. I don't think I've seen that in real life. Oh, really? I don't think so. Um, the closest thing I've seen is when I was playing football. I got, um, oh, sorry. If you're squeamish, then maybe uh, I don't know. Skip like two minutes. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not the NBA, that, that crazy. Kids. Uh, hand got smashed between two helmets right i think we talked about this yeah and his fingers were all like jacked up and mangled and stuff like that like it weren't like bleeding but it was just like all messed up and the coach who was also happened to be his dad just kind of like mashed his fingers back into place and yep. was like you good and he was like i guess and went back on the field and played the rest of the game also i, I mean i guess i was kind of you know for lack of a better word a wuss in football too so i, I didn't really do that much hitting so maybe that's why i didn't get injured in football hmm. but um, I think I'll throw this story out there real quick. I think the dumbest way I've been injured is the one that is very obvious on me. So I have this scar on the left side of my forehead. Mm -hmm. If you don't know me, then you don't know that a uh, scar on the left side of my forehead. Uh, actually Harry Potter. I am Harry Potter. When I wear my glasses, watch out. Mm -hmm. Um, it happened seventh or eighth grade. I forget. I was in middle school. And Were you really in middle school? I was in middle school. That's happened much earlier than that. No, right. I was in middle school. And I specifically remember that I was in middle school because I remember after the fact when I had, had gotten patched up, they super glued it. I'll get to that. They super glued it, and it made the scar look like this real deep red purple, and there was like a jagged outline of super glue around it, and I thought it looked absolutely gnarly. Hmm. That was the first time I ever wanted my haircut because I had a bowl haircut. And I had like the long JB hair. At that point, that was the first time I ever wanted a cut because I wanted people to see what was happening there because it right. looked so sick. But also, I didn't because I didn't want to have to explain the story, which I will now explain. <laughs> this is going to take 10 seconds. Cool. Um, I was going to go take a shower, and then I went and stepped into the tub, and my right foot, immediately as I stepped in, slipped out from under me, and then I, like like an inverted pendulum i like swung forward and my head went straight down and my feet went out and my head hit this soap dish that was connected to the bathtub it's a mm. ceramic soap dish so i had banged this soap dish and i don't know if this has happened to you but have you ever had an injury where it didn't really hurt until you saw what the injury was yeah this was one of those instances i hit my head and i was like ow that hurt 
and I touched my head and I saw blood on my hand and I was like, ah, dang it, I'm bleeding. Like it really didn't hurt that bad. I said, mom, you come here, I'm, uh, I'm bleeding. And I don't think we had band-aids in our bathroom. We might have, I don't remember, but I just, my instinct was to say, hey, can you come look at this? I can't see it cause it's on my head. And so she came into the bathroom and she like looked at me and she was like, her eyes like widened and she kind of got freaked out and she's like, uh, we're going to the hospital. And she turned around and started to get stuff together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are we, this doesn't hurt. Why are we going to the hospital? And then I looked in the mirror and I saw, you know, the gash in my forehead and it opened. It was a severe gash. Like it was like probably half an inch wide, mm-hmm. if not a little wider. And it was pretty deep as well. And that's when it really started to hurt because I saw what was happening. And then I don't know really why that happens, but I guess my brain registered the severity of the pain I should be experiencing and then gave it to me. So then I started experiencing that pain. You know what I thought about as well? I think the brain realizes if if I were to uh, – the brain speaking to itself. If I were to feel the pain that I am supposed to be feeling right now, I probably will be overstimulated and, like, die. So time to turn off all the switches right now. <laughs> and I think it's probably – it probably sends a bunch of uh, – um, there's a word for it endorphins right mm-hmm. to your to your pain receptors to shut them off or sometimes you pass out like right. some people definitely just pass out when they feel that much pain like when you break your femur that's yeah. a typical thing that happens and of course there are there are instances where you have like an adrenaline rush and mm-hmm. so you don't feel the pain or as much pain as you should be but in my case obviously there was no adrenaline rush happening that might be exactly uh, what or happened. maybe or maybe it happened for 10 seconds because then as soon as i saw it in the mirror then i started feeling the pain so right if it was an adrenaline rush that was like no 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 pain no pain it didn't last for more than 10 to 15 seconds mm. so then after that we're leaving and my mom gives me a towel to put on my head because i'm losing Gushing copious blood. amounts of blood i don't well, I say that. I don't remember how much blood I was losing. I don't know if it was really happening that quickly. I just remember that she gave me a towel and said, do not take this off of your head. So it kind of felt like that I was losing blood and she didn't want that to happen anymore, which fair. But the whole way there, again, I I, I want to say I was 12. And so I had this big gash in my head. And I, I the, whole, the, the way there, I was going, mom, am I going to die? Am I, I going to die? And this is like right before the instance in my life or right at the instant of my life where I really stopped being sensitive about really anything. Cause before this, it like if I, if I got punched or experienced the slightest amount of pain from my brothers yeah. or like someone emotionally hurt me with a word or something, I would just cry. I was a sensitive kid. Mm. And this was kind of the, the tail end of that. Um, cause then either it was right before or right after this had happened was when my dad had passed away as well. So it was all this like in this instance of like, no more sensitivity, no more crying. But this was like the tail end of it because I was, I was like tearing up and I straight up thought I was going to die on the way there. Yeah. And we get there and the doctor's like, this is too wide and too deep for stitches. So we're super gluing your head together. And I didn't know that there was a medical super glue. I thought they were just going to straight up like pull out some Gorilla Glue and just slather it on my head. And I was gonna, I could have done that at home without right. paying you stupid doctors for doing something I could have done myself. But yeah. So that's easily the stupidest way I've been injured is literally just slipping in a bathtub. Unless you think jumping from five feet in the air is a dumber way to get injured. I guess that's a subjective decision. I, I, I think the car getting ran over is the stupidest way by far. For you? For, oh, 100%. I've also injured other people by accident. I accidentally broke a dude's rib. 
I broke Alex's playing, record. Playing soccer. In show choir. I don't think it was the year the UN, but I broke. No, it was the year before. Yeah, I, I <laughs> doing some stupid stunt and I broke her rib. I've also dropped Sara, I think, a couple times during human video. And yeah, I dropped, I dropped, or excuse me, drop. I broke a dude's rib because on my old soccer team when I was in city soccer, like once a week at practice, we would do a kids versus parents game. And I was playing keeper this one game. And I just, I slid out and grabbed the ball the way the guy that was dribbling up to me. And when he tried to kick is when my hands got there. So he tripped over himself and to the ground and broke his rib. Mm. And then in the same way, I accidentally tore a friend's ACL playing soccer oh. in high school. I, exact same thing. Slide out, grab the ball. And it was Jared Bufkin. Uh, oh, one really? Of, one of the other keepers. He uh, went to kick, fell, and instead of breaking a rib, tore his ACL. So, I mean, are weird. they kind of did it to themselves, but I kind of did it to them. <laughs> okay. And I, again, playing soccer, we were in a soccer game. And a lot of times what happens when you're playing soccer as a keeper, mm -hmm. like the opposing team will try to cross it to the center. And if you really can't get your hands on it to, uh, to catch it, but you can get a hand to it, like you'll come out and just punch the ball. And like you'll yell keep so people get out of the way and you punch the ball. So I came out and did that. And just like I had to, I had to put a lot of speed between me and the ball to jump and go punch this ball. And my entire body hit Kyler, one of our defenders, and then he fell and he had a concussion for like five weeks. So he missed like seven of our games because I knocked him to the dirt on accident. <laughs> I've injured a lot of other people playing soccer and I've injured myself a lot playing soccer. Yeah. I just realized that like if I listed all the amount of times I've injured people and myself, that would be a very long have, list. Have we ever injured each other? I don't think so. Not like an actual injury besides like, I don't know, like bruising of the arm for a punch or something. Maybe. I don't think we've ever done anything like that to each other. And whenever we wrestle, I kind of just give in and go limp. Yeah, <laughs> that's typically how it goes. But yeah, like because we never I know myself and Douglas have injured each other, mm -hmm. myself and Robert as well, because especially when we hang out at their house. Used to when we were younger, there's this bridge past their house and we would go down there and we would put one couch cushion down at the river below it and then. Because, you know, when you're younger, you do a lot of imaginative, imaginative stuff. So we would act like we were in the zombie apocalypse. And so we had these airsoft guns we would run with. And we would get to the bridge and we'd put an arm on it. And then we'd hop over the 20-foot drop to land on this one couch cushion. And uh, there have been a couple times where we jumped one right after the other. And the person at the bottom hadn't yet gotten off the couch cushion. And so we'd, like, land on each other's ankles. Um, thankfully, we never broke or dislocated each other's ankles but we definitely sprained each other's ankles multiple times I, I i thought of one more and then we'll move on from this to talk about what kyle wants to talk about today um it's really 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 dumb um if you can think of a sport that i myself have gotten injured by and it has to do with my ankle what would you think that sport would be i don't know because i really only know that you've played football mm -hmm. It wasn't something I did like for a long time. It was something I did like that day. Basketball? Was, basketball? No. Under no. Hurting no. your ankle. My get my best guess is basketball or I don't think it was soccer. That doesn't make any sense. I don't think you ever played soccer. Are you ready? Swimming. No. Dang it. Goofy golf. That's not a sport. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a sport. It's, yeah, it's a game yeah. where, you know, 
you know, it, it goes back to our debate we had before. I guess by my <laughs> definition, it counts as a sport, which means I have to redefine what a sport <laughs> is because goofy golf is not a sport. Goofy golf. I was just on the goofy golf course. This is back when we were at Mariana for the kids camp thing or whatever for church. And someone just putted and they putted really, really hard while I was standing in front <laughs> and it hit my ankle and I crumbled because it hurt like a mother. Like my ankle was really, really, it was hit the ball on my ankles. It was just so badly <laughs> just, bruised. It's this golf ball that wasn't even in the air. just kind of hit you <laughs> while it was on the ground. It was really hard though. Like the guy was like, he, he swung back fully and went, bah! and I was like, oh my, I, I thought I like broke Died. something. Like it hurt so bad. Took me to the nurse and. I mean, obviously I was fine, but like it, it left a big old purple bruise on my ankle. That's so, so bad. Funny. Yeah, that's probably the dumbest way I got injured. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get injured, injured, but like it's the dumbest way for sure. Um, so yeah, um, injuries. What a wild thing. Our and now and from injuries to NFTs. Injuries to NFTs. Okay, so I have recently learned. We both have recently learned what NFTs are, mm -hmm. and in the most in the broadest of senses, if you if you are unaware, essentially, NFT stands for non-fungible token. And basically what it is, is like a, it's, it, it's like a crypto online collectible, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. So, for instance. Non-fungible means like you can't physically hold it. Is that what it means? That I think that's what non-fungible, you, uh, you look it up real quick as I uh, speak. I, I I guess a good example is um, recently NBA has been doing these where you can buy NBA highlights as NFTs and you owned that highlight. And obviously these highlights exist for free on the internet, on things like YouTube, but, and for the NFT specifically, it's something it's, you owned that highlight. There's no really way other to describe why people value it other than the fact that they own it. And it's some to most instances for me of these NFTs are really dumb. Yeah. They're really dumb. Cause for, I'll, I'll start with the NBA as an example. I've got a couple. These NBA top shot things. A, this is a thing that's actually backed by the NBA. Like, it's not a fan thing. Like, this this yeah. is something the NBA is making money off of. So, like I said, you can buy highlights. And, I don't know, a week ago, there were 11,000 packs or something that you had to wait in line to buy and see, like to see if you could get one. And they were like 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. And they had, I think they were randomly assorted different highlights. And the crazy thing, like... And this line to get into it was like 210,000 people waiting in the queue Jesus. to get one of these 11,000 packs. And that was, again, $100. And people want these highlights so bad. A LeBron dunk as a highlight, mm -hmm. $203,000 people God. are paying to want some of these things. Or like a Steph Curry three-pointer you could sell for $3,000. That's so nuts. It's absolutely ridiculous. So It's ridiculous. The definition between fungible and non-fungible, fungible means exchangeable. So a movie, a movie ticket is fungible. You can give it to anyone else to use. Right. 
a typical plane ticket, on the other hand, is non-fungible. So it's used one time. You can't just give someone else a plane ticket after you used it and, you know. I mean, not after you used it, but, you know, you can't just give it to somebody else and they right. use it. Um, so that's the best kind of example that I've seen on, on th- from five seconds of Googling. So it didn't mean t- tangible. Because I was trying to think of, like, an art collection, right, which is the best example that I've seen so far. People who collect art, if it's the first of the thousands of copies and it's the original, like, People will pay top dollar for that stuff. You know, having prints is a totally different thing, you know, than having the original Mona Lisa or whatever, which to me, you know, if you're into art, that makes sense to me. Um, but this, especially, specifically this example with the highlight reel, yeah. like that does not make sense to or me Or for instance, all. you there are Jake Paul NFTs. Logan you can, Paul. Yeah. Logan Paul, excuse me. You can go buy highlights from his YouTube channel. And you might think what highlights are these? Are they like pivotal moments in the YouTube career or like him winning a fight? No, they're him opening Pokemon boxes, (laughs) $15,000 you pay to get this video of him opening a Pokemon box, which again, this is free on YouTube to just watch. And additionally, if you wanted, you could literally just grab the video footage and make your own video of him doing yeah. that, and you would own that video. But for some reason, the specific selling of the NFT by him makes it the original thing, and it's worth a lot of money. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, like, like again, I think for the online art community, like this is like the best thing ever that people are into this stuff because that is so cool. It's a collectible thing, and I understand it. Like, there are people who make collectibles totally get it the original is more valuable because it's not a copy cool but not for videos i just so many you know i'm i'm a fan of collecting things right like i have a i have this big collection of disney pins yeah i love disney pins the trader pins the park collections i love disney pins if disney came out with an nft and was like here's this digital pin Mm. of cinderella's of cinderella's castle right it's this really cool looking quote-unquote pin it's digital it's limited edition 500 of them whatever um buy it if you want to i'm not doing that you know what's funny to me ever and i'm not buying after some people bought it like i'm selling this pin for four thousand dollars limited i'm not buying that i'd like it's i can't do anything it just it would sit there on my computer like I can't print it out and put on this. These pins I have are on a corkboard on display in my room. It's yeah. decoration, and I love looking at them. I don't. I I couldn't care less about anything that's just sitting on my computer. You know. Yeah. You know what's funny to me? I can number one. I can definitely see Disney doing this in the next ten years. If this NFT thing really goes off, I can a hundred percent see Disney doing that. And. It, the same argument could be made for pins, but pins are tangible. Pins are, t- and that's that's the thing. When people try to explain this, like for the NBA highlights, for instance, they're like, "Why are people buying these NBA highlights when it's free to look at on YouTube?" And then some people try to make the argument, "Well, like people collect baseball cards. It's just a picture of a man. You could find a picture of the man on the internet and make a card if you wanted to." Yeah. So the fact that it's backed by the NBA validates it for some people. But here's my thing. A, like with a baseball card, for instance, sure. I could go online and find a picture of Babe Ruth, but making it into 
what a baseball card form is and then formatting it to where it looks like aesthetically the way that I want it and putting stats on there and all that kind of thing. That's not something I'm going to put the time into that takes work. And that's why people make baseball cards right. to do that. The YouTube videos of someone like a highlight of a basketball game that doesn't even take any work. The people that shot the basketball game already did that work. You exactly. literally just have to click and drag, put it on your YouTube channel and boom, it's there. It takes no work to throw a highlight on YouTube and it takes zero work for you to look it up and then just watch it. I wonder if in the future, this is going to kind of be how we get videos. I certainly hope not. Um, I mean, obviously, not every video is going to be a pay-per-view to, you know, I think, die, but I this think, is looking really kind of bad for the future of, like, the, the open internet. You know what I mean? I don't think it looks bad for the future of open internet. I think it looks good for creators on the internet. Because, like, say, for instance, uh, someone like PewDiePie, right? A, you they, he could make NFTs of videos that already exist as well. Sure, he's gonna make money off of that. People are gonna be like, I have the like this is the original, uh, video, quote unquote. This is the original moment of this PewDiePie thing that happened. I own that. Woohoo! Cool. PewDiePie is gonna make money off that. That person's happy. Whatever. I'm sure creators at some point could also use NFTs to try and make. Uh, exclusive content for people that want to buy that video yes. and they're the only ones that have seen that. Yep. If they want to do that, cool. I'm really not that worried about being barred from content that they're making exclusive as long as they're not only starting to be exclusive as a content creator. Yes. So my point is that's a very slippery slope. This is already happening where you can subscribe to uh, creators on different platforms, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, where you can just pay membership, right? So, you know, only their truest fans or only people who pay that extra dollar can uh, see the extra content or see it early, like Patreon, right? So that's already happening. So my, my biggest fear is internet companies, like people who are bigger than YouTube and Google, see this and say, okay, people are willing to pay for this kind of stuff. Now it's, gonna, now it's never going to be free again. Um, people are going to say in the in the future, no, this can't happen. There's no way, and it's I, I can already see like into the future, like with even with um Article 13 in the UK and um and uh, there was another really big one that was uh, circulating in the US, but I haven't heard anything about it since. Um, I forget what it was called. Um, it wasn't Article 13. It was another one. But Ajit Pai, the guy who was you know championing it, was really trying to like cut off a huge part of the internet that was that was that's been a part of it since its inception. And I think it's it, free internet is the, the key to the, a key to a good internet. You know, the ability to have freedom and you do it for whatever you want to use it for is a huge thing to me. So if, if NFTs keep going off like this, if they keep, you know, only giving access to people who have the money to buy it. First of all, it's a huge economic bar from people who genuinely like people's content, but can't afford it. And it's, you know, dumb. We have to pay for things that we've had for free for, you know, 30 years. You know what I mean? I don't, again, I don't think that the things that we have for free now are ever going to turn to things that we're going to have to pay for in terms of NFT. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Even if NFTs do pop off, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Um, but it's, so NFTs have been around since like 2009. Yeah. So 2009, the amount of money that was generated, like that was spent on NFTs was like 60 million something dollars. 2020, it was $250 million. 
the last 30 days on NBA Top Shot alone, $247 million. On NBA Top Shot alone is already basically hit the mark that was hit in all of the year 2020. I'm telling you, I hate I hate saying this over and over again, but this is literally capitalism again. Like, and there's a, like people have been able to watch this stuff for years, Kyle, and now they're saying you have to pay for it if you want to watch someone's highlights. No, I they're not. They're not no, saying that. I guarantee you, if you go on YouTube right now and try and find these highlights, they're not going to be. They easy are to there. Find. I promise. They're right there on the front page. Literally, the only point of NFT is that it's the original. What you have there when you buy that is that counts as the original work. It counts as the original highlight. That is the point of the NFT. Not exclusivity it, or the fact that it's no longer on YouTube and now I have it. It's right there. You look up LeBron Dunk NBA Game 7 Finals, first search is gonna be that dunk that you're looking for. But the fact that these people have it on NFT just means that it's the original highlight. And for some people, especially that this is backed by the NBA, that validates it for them. And that's what they really care about. Because that, that doesn't make sense to me because there's, there's no need for it. Exactly. There's no need. There's no incentive. And in our minds, I don't understand it in terms like, – again, art, I understand it a little bit more. I yeah. still don't really because, art. like, I, it's, it's just art that's on my computer. I can't still do anything with it. It's just kind of there. Like, I can't even use it to, like, decorate my room. And if I wanted to, I could just find the art piece and, like, screenshot it and then blow it up with a good resolution. And I got artwork. But I wouldn't have to pay um, thousands of dollars just to say that I have the original crypto NFT version of it. Some people – art is very different to people. Like, I think the both of us aren't very, like, artistic in terms of, like, you know – like in in that way, like looking at specifically like art made by creators on the internet or art, you know that's you know drawn or like painted. Like like we can look at a piece and go, oh, okay, cool, this is neat. But some people really like art, and I think art is looked at a lot differently in the past thirty years than it has in for the entirety of history. Now that we have these tools um, that don't require paper, that don't require like uh materials like actual materials but can you do it all digitally and do much different things and have different like different perspectives and editing and stuff like that and take some really good you know technique um i think it creates a it creates a good and a bad thing right so you have good thing right you have much more you have unlimited creativity and unlimited tools to use you know you don't have to go oh, i have to find this color for a paint and like all this stuff you have it right here on your computer but because the internet the way is the way the internet is, it's hard to make money that way. Even harder than it would be to for someone to say, "Hey, I want you to paint this. Here's some money." And even that was hard. You know what I mean? So that's why you see a lot of these big artists of the past being hired by the church, and why they only did religious painting was because that was the only place that had money. So you know that's why those things exist. Um, like Michelangelo's David was a huge, 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 huge investment. From the church to make that statue it was it's notorious for that reason um so now with nfts people having the original copy or the, an original piece of artwork from this artist their own style and whatever means a lot to them uh i think that's definitely where that is is headed and i think other companies sports companies music companies which, which drives me even crazier um you know, I bet you even some kind of movies or animation studios like could probably get on the in the, in on this as well, like selling exclusive clips to movies, fat with better access, like sooner access or something like that. Like that can definitely happen too if you have the money. Great, 
and this is like again it's like who has the money is willing to pay for that pay for that kind of uh, access or content people who don't have the money are left completely out and that's just kind of to me is like ugh, i don't like it i'm again even even with the art thing it's important like for these nfts it's important to them that they have like the original work cool a lot of these art ones that's they're only selling one right yeah. uh, you, they could choose to sell as many as they want but they're selling one and that's the original nft cool it's important to you to have the original fine i get it i i if you're an art head like exactly I, yeah and i way more understand that when it comes to physical art mm -hmm. especially for art heads but the fact that it's just digital Again, if you're an art head, it probably makes more sense in your brain, but I couldn't care less. I, I might have your original work, and the second I close my computer, like, it's just it's just kind of in the computer for literally nothing. And, like, when someone comes over to your house and they're like, oh, what a beautiful home you have. Also, do you want to see this piece of art that I bought for $100,000 from this artist online that I have to pull up on my computer here? That's, you know, now it's just, and now it's here on my computer. And now that we're done looking at it, I'll close my computer and it's gone. Dude, like maybe, I way more understand her physical art. Okay, off topic. Now, now we need to talk about our engine, your engineering mind, and my uh, economic mind. You need to make. Oh, a, you have an economic mind now. You need to make a digital art collector piece. So, imagine like um, a screen, but like make it more. I don't know. Screeny. <laughs> No, hear me out. This is serious. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't believe you, but let's hear it. So, imagine like, you know, those menus at McDonald's that are you know touch screen. That you, you choose your own. Uh -huh. Okay, imagine a screen like that. Take all the McDonald's stuff away. Super sheen, nice, presentable, big, sizable. Everyone can see. Okay, and it works like a portrait, but. It's set on a cycle to display a piece of art and then cycle onto the next piece. Um, and it's customizable. You can choose the order that goes into it via computer or another or your phone or something like that. Like you can do pictures or you can do art pieces. As in your own digital art, your own digital art art exhibit. Um, and you can have them displayed around in your house. Like I feel like for like I said, this is not for the everyday common man, but for some people that would be a huge like you know flex to other people. Like oh, look at this digital art I have instead of pulling it up on their computer. Now it's just displayed, you know, in the and people can just sit and gawk at it. You know, what do you think about that? Um, I think a that already exists. Well, yeah. In terms of, but we can make a company, quote unquote, invention idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not even invention; it's a program that people plug into their TV, and then it's there. Not on their TV, Kyle. Literally, any just I don't care a screen of any shape that you want. It doesn't matter. It just it already exists. Put it on a screen. Make the screen whatever shape you want. I don't care. But that already exists. B. Sure, I guess that's fine. That would make more sense. But even then, I don't really. I couldn't really again this is the this is the part of me that doesn't isn't that into art. Mm -hmm. Right? Even with my Disney pins, there are a lot of scalper Disney pins. There are a lot of ones that are fake that don't come straight from Disney. They're the exact same pin as the one that I want, but they're not the ones that come straight from Disney. I don't care about that. Some people do because at some point they might want to sell the pin and people want the real version and the fake versions go for less. I don't care about that. I just care about the aesthetic of the Disney pin and the fact that it's on my board and I have the set. Mm. I don't care if it's real or not. 
So this whole original thing, again, it makes more sense for the art. We've established that. But for all these other instances, like I'll go back to NBA. There's like this, there's this whole system developing as well. Like for like, you know, they're selling a certain amount of LeBron dunks, let's say. LeBron is number 23. If the serial number of your pack is also number 23, then your highlight is worth more than the other ones because it's serial number 23 for number 23. That's worth more. Now, if Pokemon came out with NFTs and was like, you owned this Pokemon, like this original Pokemon, that would entice me more. I still wouldn't do it, but I'd be more enticed to do it. So like, I, like what excites me about NFTs is money. Yeah. Because say I had bought one of these NBA Top Shot packs a week ago for $100. And it's got, you know, a Steph Curry three-pointer or whatever in it. And then, aha, I sold that for $5,000. Easy profit. I don't know. Because that's what a lot of people talk about with NFTs right now is selling their NFT. Because a lot of these are worth so much. I don't really know why they're called non-fungible things. Because people are selling them between each other. Mm. once they have it but apparently that means not tradable so i don't really know what's happening there but people are but yeah it, it, that's another thing with me too like if it's tradable then it's definitely not fungible then it's definitely not not fungible right you know what i mean here is the dumbest thing i've found in nfts so there are something called crypto punks i don't know if you've heard of these i have not they are these faces they're these avatars that people have made these just these 8-bit pixelated avatar faces hmm. there are 10,000 of these unique quote-unquote they're all different from each other here there's there's some examples they're really just like 8-bit avatar faces okay it's literally just like a like i could pull this up i could pull up microsoft paint right now and make one of these faces in 10 minutes it wouldn't be that hard there in the last 12 months 6,760 of them have been sold for an average price of $18,546. This is an this is a face that I could make in Microsoft Paint. 6,000 of them, almost 7,000 of them for $18,500 each on average. Just these avatar faces that you would pick as just like the the character that someone sees in Minecraft, if you walk near them, there's a little, like, that's what it looks like. That's all it is. There's nothing to it. It's not made by anybody special. It's not some famous person that made these. It's not backed by any big corporation. It's just something that got popular on NFTs, and now they're worth a bunch of money. And I don't get it. Seriously, look up CryptoPunks, and you'll see the faces I'm talking about. It legitimately, you could draw and paint with your finger being controlled by a baby like it's they're just faces and they're eighteen and a half thousand dollars on average yeah what are we doing here like let's make some crypto punks i don't i just don't understand this whole nft thing pretty much really at all to be honest with you i understand that people want it because it counts as original fine the art i understand a little bit more all these other aspects, I don't understand why people care. Yeah, I'm not with it's it. It's so stupid. I mean... It, it, I, I intend to make money off it in the future, but <laughs> it's so stupid. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, it makes me worried for the future of the internet, but hopefully it won't have anything to do with the free and open internet. I certainly hope not, because that's just one of my biggest fears that I'll have to pay, you know, eighteen dollars a month to use Twitter and twenty bucks a month to use Facebook in the future. Like it's just my worst fear. I, I mean, if that happens, I just won't use them. I didn't use them for a long time, and I didn't care at all. So I just stopped using them. I have no problem with that. Oh, well. Let me clarify. I have problems with them starting, like, with those platforms charging in the future. But if they do, I have no problem with just right. not using them anymore. Because yeah. what do I care? Yeah. So, NFTs. Crazy. I, I, I'm i genuinely invested in the future of these things. Like, I want to see what happens next. Because the reason why this kind of came up to us is because there's actually a ban. What was it again? Uh... Oh, who was it that was doing that? Uh, they, it, it, the, Philly D was just talking about it on a show the other day. There's some band that's releasing their album as an NFT. Again, this album is also coming out on Spotify. The exact same album. You're going to be able to listen to it on Spotify for free or just for the amount that Spotify costs, just like normal. But they're also releasing it as an NFT. And that album counts as the, like in the NFT stance, it is classified as the original work. And so yeah. anybody who buys it, that counts as the original album, but there's nothing different to it. It's not a physical copy. It's not signed. It's not like, it's just quote unquote original because they're selling it as an NFT. And that decision alone makes those instances count as the original. Nothing, that's, that's the thing that bugs me is that nothing is different about these things. It's just that these specific instances are being decided by whatever people corporation these instances sold as nft which now immediately makes them count as the original yeah it, like i can understand it if it was a record that was limited release we're selling a thousand of them if you're, if you're our biggest fans pardon me get in line you know spend money and then watch the madness happen That'd be an interesting new way of making music that I think would be great. Like, you know, for people who are rating fans of music, you know, who like, you know, different artists like. Are you, I, are you saying this in the sense of the in this in this example, those thousand limited releases are the only ones yes. available for listen? Yes. I don't like that idea. Uh, okay, but let me finish. Like, I, I think that like that is interesting. That's something that's breaking the barrier. They're not obvious that, you know, they're trying to make money because they're probably going to sell for like a thousand each. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, you know, it's not the same thing, but just pay extra money for this one. You know what I mean? That's even worse to me. Like if they're saying, Hey, here's a thousand physical records that we have that we're going to sell to our biggest fans. If you want them great. If not, we're going to sell it to you just the, you know, the original way that we've been doing it for 20 years or whatever. Like, uh, some some people like the the record, the vinyl record. That's something that's antiquated and outdated. That's not used anymore. Some people, for their favorite albums, have to have the original vinyl record, and that's that's useless. That's dumb. You know, it, it, in the sense that, like, you know, it's not it's antiquated. It's like having a CD now. No one uses CDs anymore. You know, but some people really like having the CD in their collection. So that's. That's their own. It's it's value. It's intrinsic value to them. It's not value to anybody else. Like to the, to the economy. You know what I mean? Right. So that I, makes sense to me. And I understand but this both is of those. Defying all of those rules. I understand both of those because they're physical. Yeah. And just is, as a side tangent, I also disagree that the record is useless. 
especially because you know a lot of people that collect those also have record players, and those are fun. I love record players. Fun, but they're but they're they're useless in terms of big economy money, big economy guy. It's like hey, no one no one's people are obviously making record players now because there's a, there was a demand for it in the, the late two thousands. Uh, in the early 2010s, people were like wanting the original record, and because a lot of those players and stuff like that disappeared, no one was using them because they were the CD was the was the record killer. You know what I mean? Like, and you know they were using CDs because they were more compact. You know, you could carry it around, so like that makes sense, right? So that all that innovation happened, and then people went back to the the sonograph. That's what it's called, right? Sonograph. Yeah. So you know they went back to it for the nostalgic feel. Like this is the true way to listen to music. So people started buying records, and then people started selling records again. People, you know, big music companies stopped selling records. From what I understand about this, you know, this history. So now people who buy records, yeah, of course they have the record player, but they also don't. They don't just listen to it on the record. They listen to it on their phone. So that's a use. It's it's a useless quote unquote to the economy. You know, if it's let's say I give you a sweatshirt, right, and I bought that sweatshirt for sixty dollars, and you don't really like the sweatshirt. Whatever price you resell it at, let's say it's fifteen dollars, that's the price it's worth. So if you don't resell it, it's technically useless in terms of the economy. You see how that works? So like if if I if like if you buy a sonograph and you only use it and you use it and whatever and you never resell it, it is now intrinsically useless. Do you understand? It's like an, it's a net loss for you because you, you right for me yes, but in terms of the general in, in general it's not intrinsically useless, but in terms of my personal life right yes if I didn't use it so that's what doesn't make sense to me about these NFTs if you if you're buying something that's completely original and there's nowhere else to get it and that's the only way you get it like a physical record like a physical thing and the person who's selling it says these are the only ones I'm making. Like a limited release for a shirt or, you know, an event that you were at. Like you can only get those there. That makes sense to me. That totally makes sense. Right. Some yeah. people, that's just the way that their minds think. Like, I have to be there. I was here. Like we both have a Be a Mythical Best shirt from when they did their uh, all day live stream. Yeah. That, and I've worn it a million times since. Yeah. And it makes it makes total sense to me. But this is not that. And it's breaking the it's it's the thing is, it's working. First of all, it's working. People are obviously buying this stuff and. It breaks the rules of the economics that we've basic basic economics that we know about buying and selling things. There's no demand for this yet. People are buying it like crazy, and there's no reason for us to buy it. And there's it doesn't you know add any value or anything, but yet people are still consuming it. it. Does not make sense to me at all. It would make sense if these highlights were nowhere to be found on the internet. They were wiped clean, and the NBA can definitely do that. That's 100 they can do. They can. Tell ESPN, stop running these highlights. We're selling them exclusively now. And that would, again, that would make more sense to me. It would suck, right? People can't really want YouTube and watch it anymore. Like, right, but, but I mean, even then, it's still impossible to regulate that on YouTube. They could tell the YouTube channel of ESPN or NBA, don't put out these highlights. All the other people on the internet that do NBA highlights can still post them. They I, can't be regulated they, for that. They, so. can, they, can be, they can post them, but they'll get taken down, just like music, just like anything else. You know what I mean? Like that, There are ways to get around that. Um, like there, there are very, very easy ways to get around that. The reason why you can't post a video with copyrighted music is the same way they can say this is a copyright from a live game that we that you know that CBS you know recorded and it's CBS's property. So you know, tough luck. You know, anyone making their money off that video, they they lose their money and they get their video taken down or whatever. But that's not what they're doing. <laughs> that drives me crazy. Like. 
that's the way you make to me that's the way you would make your money make it only limited to the to the people who buy the highlight and they can watch on their computer and they can upload it and get take it down you know and what i mean? think i think if again i know we've harked on the nba example of the longest or the most but that's the one that makes the least sense and that's yeah why i'm harking on it so much but if they if at some point they did somehow regulate you know all this stuff is now taken off youtube or whatever i think that would drive a lot of people just away from the NBA in general. Oh, 100%. Cuz a lot of people a lot of people can't watch, you know, the game. Uh you know, they they're busy, they don't have it recorded or whatever, and so they'll go on the next day and look up highlights of this specific game and see kind of what happened, really what the driving factors of the game were and be like, "Okay, this is pretty much what happened. All the in-between stuff was just the basic stuff." They take that off, people are going to be driven away from the NBA in general and just the and they won't they won't watch, less people will watch live. Um, all these people are going to be buying highlights and people are going to feel the exclusivity of it and just not be okay with it. And the NBA is probably going to end up eventually they'll start losing money. Yeah. And, and any other corporation decide to do it that way where they sell these exclusive videos and take them down everywhere else. They'll eventually start losing money because of the amount of people they're going to drive away. So right. I, and I think they would know that and they won't ever do that, which makes these NFTs make less sense as time goes on. Yeah. But we don't have money like these people do. So maybe that's why it doesn't make sense to us. I mean, like if a limited edition Pokemon card came out, right? And it was, you know, some amount of money that wasn't crazy. I might consider it. But if that Pokemon thing was an NFT that was online, I would consider it 0%. Yeah. I'm like, I like I, I couldn't like, especially for like a Pokemon card specifically. I can't even use that one that I've now bought as an NFT. Like if I wanted to play the Pokemon trading card game, I can't play TCG with that. I can play TCG with whatever limited edition one they come out with. Yeah. So dumb. So and all it's in even all, worse that people are selling videos of them opening Pokemon cards. Literally, cards. it's literally just video. It's literally, they're called highlights and they're literally just videos of Logan Paul opening the box <laughs> of Pokemon cards, which Stupid. again exists on YouTube. It's there. You can go watch it for free. On YouTube, but uh, owning the video of him doing it is important to people. Like these videos have sold for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. He's made millions. He's of made this. millions of dollars of just selling these NFTs of videos of him that are there for free on YouTube. It's crazy. Like I don't know how 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 much we've stressed this that this is all stuff that really is not that exclusive. It just is. It just counts as original from the way they've been sold. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, me neither. But it's kind of scary to me. I don't know. It's It makes me scared for the future. I mean, whatever. I'll go make money off of it later. <laughs> Next time NBA Top Shot is going to drop some of that, I'll go spend $100 on one of those packs because most likely whatever's in that pack will probably be worth more than $100. And, and you know what? We'll start selling exclusive episodes of Milk and Screams. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> We've been secretly videotaping these episodes, so we'll 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 sell like the actual videotaped. I'm just kidding. We haven't been, but this is yeah. what's gonna happen later on when we get really popular. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a Discord. We're gonna do the podcast live on the Discord, but you have to be a Patreon. Yep. You have to, you have to be a patron of Patreon to be there for the live portion, and then if you want the video of that that accounts as the original version of the podcast, you can pay for that NFT as well. Yep. And we're gonna be bajillionaires. Um, you make so much money, dude. This conversation really wore me out because I'm just 
I, I'm exhausted even thinking about NFTs and all the people that have bought. Again, the art, I understand a little bit more. That still right. kind of bugs me, but just my heart goes out to all the people that have bought NBA highlights <laughs> and these crypto punks. My heart yeah. goes out to you for spending legitimately thousands of dollars yeah. on these things. You're an idiot. And I hate to say, <laughs> you're stupid. Yeah. Um, I hope this kind of stuff becomes more mainstream so that we can shame more people for doing this. Yeah, I hope this podcast becomes more mainstream so we can shame more people yeah. for doing this. And then we can weed out the weak and only the the fans that we inevitably have are the fans that we want. Exactly. That agree with us on every aspect <laughs> of life. Yep. All right, guys. Well, this is a, another episode of Milk and Screens. That was Injuries and NFTs. Injuries and NFTs. That's a new theme song right there. That's what I'm naming this episode as well. Yeah. Um. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this episode uh, and uh, it'll go live probably like Monday I don't know why I'm telling you this because it's already live when you're listening to it yeah uh, thank you for being here it'll go live uh, before you started listening to this because <laughs> you started listening to it get exclusive access by going to <laughs> <laughs> no. well, we'll see you guys next week I uh, hope you guys enjoyed later deuces